The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1983, Episode 2, Everybody's in a Hurry. In this episode, we will cover the end of May through July. In her eyes you see nothing No sign of love behind the tears Cried for no one Love that should have lasted years You stay home She goes out, she says that long ago she knew someone, but now he's gone, she doesn't need him. Your day breaks, your mind aches, there will be times when all the things you said will fill your head, you won't forget her. 
And in her eyes you see nothing Sign of love behind the tears Cried for no one A love that should have lasted years Over in Hollywood, California on May 16th, Ringo Starr and Barbara Bach are pictured on the set of a made-for-television two-part miniseries drama that is scheduled to air in November. The title of the show is called Princess Daisy. The story is based on a novel by Judith Krantz and features Ringo and Barbara playing the roles of two gay fashion designers. To get into the character, I went round and... uh... (laughs) <laughs> had a chat with a couple of everyone couple on of the set that we were working on oh, we were working and said on are you um, another movie at the time and when this That's came down and suddenly so many people started to talk to me when they found out i was going to play this character you're not watching and me are you you're not yeah there's all these lines like you're not watching me are you <laughs> i keep forgetting you
Meanwhile, on America's radio airwaves, a couple of syndicated Beatles nostalgic radio shows are about to air. The first is on May 29th with a revised edition of a two-hour radio special called The Beatles at the Beeb. Andy Peebles in London with The Beatles at the Beeb. The Beeb is brought to you by the Adolf Coors Company, brewer of Coors and Coors Light Beer. Also by Honda Motorcycles. Honda, follow the leader. And by Datsun, who proudly present the all-new Nissan Sentra. Once you test drive the new Nissan Sentra, you'll know why you need this car. It's the Beatles! features songs that were recorded live by the group on the BBC and not aired on the original broadcast. I've got one card here and it's on the same subject. Uh, well, this one says, we think the show is great and we dig the Beatles the most, but we still haven't heard a word from Ringo yet. <laughs> <laughs> and how about him singing, well, what will you sing for us, Ringo? Will you say a few words? Hello there, kiddies. I'd like to sing a song for you today called Matchbox. Oh, there I you go. Set part of that lot. Okay, Ringo, hey, thanks very much. Don't get smirked with me, you know. Knew you might. Get over to your microphone. Matchbox. <laughs>
The second syndicated radio show takes to the airwaves on Saturday, June 4th. BC. Ringo Starr here on the ABC Radio Network. Ringo Starr here. As you know, I was in the Beatles. I was the one at the back. It's about 20 years since our first hit record. I think it's time we looked at the Beatles from the inside out. I'll be your captain for a radio voyage back through my memories of the Beatles and our music. So crank up your crystal sets, because it was 20 years ago today. Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play. All right. great rock and roll drummer. I don't play jazz or anything else, but I'm probably the rock steady drummer of life right now. On June 16th, Bellophone Records in Germany and RCA Records in Canada released the album Old Wave by Ringo Starr, produced by Joe Walsh. This is Ringo's ninth studio album. Well, what about this? We just live in the car.
felt at one period I was possessed by dragons, and they used to freak me out because the Vikings had dragons, and so did the uh, Chinese, and they'd never met, you know, but it's both the same sort of thing. So then I worked it out in my brain at the time that it probably was spaceships. Then you do your job, and then you can go on up high in the mountain. You came. 
was looking for an alibi You looked in my eyes and I could tell you no lie I was making life feel alright But it wasn't good Looking at you, looking at me I knew you understood I've been down for so long Looking for a good disguise Feeling sorry for myself I didn't really But I was digging holes, acting roles with no lines to say. I was losing sleep, counting sheep that never went away. I was waiting for you to come into my life, making up the from insanity but mind you she's put me through it oh it's you Bob okay Rich
I am a, a, great, a great rock and roll drummer. I don't play jazz or anything else, but I'm probably the rock steady drummer of life right now.
You just relate in a small house or a big house. It's all, it, you know, I am still just me. So I don't know. I think I'll buy better food now. Hollywood is waltzing Doing that double talking Anything they can do to make it through another L.A. night And can you imagine all those girls are strolling All the boys are holding They're doing the best to make it through another L.A. night In a picture show night their own little world in their own little space they can be who they want to in their own little place Hollywood is reeling with the double meaning anything they can say to make it through an Imagine all the girls are smiling, all the boys are trying, anything they can take to put away another LA night in a picture show life.
youth movement goes on for the youth, as it were, through the ages, you know, like your parents, you, me, uh, my children now, I mean, you know, they are, they are teenagers and they are, they are looking at me like some old fossil. This track features Joe Walsh and Eric Clapton on guitar with John Entwistle on bass and Ray Cooper on percussion. work in a factory and I still would have grown up if I'd have been there. It's hard to say, you know, growing up in the music industry as opposed to growing up in any other field that, uh, you know, it, it's more difficult in this than the other. I don't know.
the album Old Wave. On the same day in Germany as the release of the album, RCA releases the single In My Car backed with As Far As We Can Go. The B-side is a re-recorded version of the Russ Ballard song that Ringo recorded in 1978. You don't have to say I see it on your face When tears fall They leave a trace I told myself it won't be long It's too bad To lose what we had I thought our love song Would go on and on People talk Yes, I think they know That it must show We've gone as far as we can go They walk by and they whisper low The rumors had to flow We've gone as far Yes, I think they know I guess that it must show We've gone as far as we can go They walk by and they whisper Heavy at times. What's that right, Bob? How heavy is that? So heavy. <laughs> What do we have in there? 
Over in London on the same day as Ringo's album and single release, Radio One, Paul McCartney gives an interview and a song for BBC Radio One's host, Simon Bates. still recording it's a question that everybody wants me to ask you because you don't need to you are a success you are a star so why the amount of energy that you put into it mm. i actually enjoy it you know if i didn't have to do it i think i'd try and do it as a hobby just because i really do like doing it um it actually seems strange to me why anyone would think i wouldn't like doing it yeah, but you also involve yourself with all the peripheral activities, like people like me coming down, doing television programs, mm. doing what they call promotion, mm. which is hard work, gets away from the real business, which is music, mm. and yet you're prepared to do it. Well, I could have you chucked out. That's <laughs> 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 the point. If you left to your own devices, star about five weeks ago that I saw in the States, which I don't think was apocryphal, I think it's true. And he, he was asked not specifically about Pete Brown's book, but about all the books that exhume the Beatles mm. and all the rest of it. And he was asked if he would do an autobiography. And in the quote was, no, it's my life, I know what happened, I don't give a damn what anybody else says. Mm. Which I thought was a great quote. Mm. I just wondered if you'd agree with that. And how you view all those exploitation books? Um... Yeah, well, I'd, I'd feel about the same as he does, and I know uh, George does. I mean, we, and I know John did. You know, we you generally, you know that when you get uh, to a certain level of fame, people are going to just bring out books no matter what, you know, and you get Bridget Bardot saying, I want to go to Central Pay, and they're still there snapping her. Or you get Crazy Garber saying, I want to be alone. It's, uh, it seems to be unavoidable, really. And uh, so, to tell you the truth, I don't read them most of the time. Peter Brown's one was a betrayal because he came to our houses and he said, it's going to be a lovely book and I'm really going to do a smashing thing here. And he had some fellow with him who was actually writing it, um, ghosting it and stuff. And we had him in and we cakes and teas and everything, the whole bit. You know, come and meet the kids, long time since you've seen Uncle Peter. And we were really kind of, you know, introducing him, putting him, welcomed him in a lot. And I know uh, he did this with quite a few people on the understanding that he was going to show everyone what he'd written and that we'd all say well that's okay or that's a bit strong or whatever and he basically just went for it in a big way as they say he just got back to the states and just decided to just publish it he never showed us a, 
And in the end, he sent me a copy of it saying, I hope you like it, you know, isn't it lovely and all that. Uh, I'm afraid I had a little burning ceremony with that particular number. But uh, that's it, you know, what can you do? You know, some people are genuine friends, some people aren't. But do they hurt you? Because, I, I mean, I find them pretty distasteful. It but hurts. They don't concern me directly. It leaves my left toe throbbing. And it can easily happen to someone like me days that I can be, you know, to some people embarrassing. I suppose really my answer to them would be, well, just don't buy it. Don't listen to it. Turn it off whenever you hear it. It's simple as that, really. Uh, anybody else who likes it, I'm not going to stop it just because they don't like it. Because there's plenty of people who do like it. And I actually enjoy doing it. So rock on, Tommy. Ah, thank you very much. It's, well, it's an honor. It's an honor. Around this time, McCartney's record contract with CBS Columbia Records in America is up for renewal. After much negotiation, Paul commits to two more albums for the label.
On June 18th, Paul McCartney celebrates his 41st birthday, and in America on the Westwood One Star Trek Profile radio series, a special program is aired to celebrate Paul McCartney, The Solo Years. I do find myself getting a bit comical when you start saying things like that, but when you are 40, 41 as I am, I, I, you do start kind of thinking, well, you know, it is strange about life. At 20, you just say, well, that's funny, so lovely. You don't really think it. But by the time you're about 40, you know, you are really thinking, oh, pretty amazing affair, isn't it, you know, with, well, with all the stuff we get up to. EMI Abbey Road Studios readies to open to the general public its doors and offers a 75-minute video presentation on the history of EMI Studios, narrated by Capital Radio DJ Roger Scott. EMI's Abbey Road Studios were officially opened on November the 12th, 1931, when Sir Edward Elgar and the LSO recorded Pomp and Circumstance. <laughs> Same studio we've used all along 
since the old days of lovely do. Many years ago, it seems. Oh, oh the other days. <laughs> well, that's about all, I think. P.S. I Love You, Ask Me Why, and Love Me Do. The recordings were not good enough for release, and they returned to Abbey Road on the 4th of September with a new drummer, Ringo Starr. Two recordings were made during a two-hour session, How Do You Do It, and Love Me Do. However, one week later, on September the 11th, the Beatles returned with session drummer Andy White, and Love Me Do was re-recorded with Ringo on tambourine. Engineer on those early sessions was Norman Smith. To promote the event, EMI announces the findings of four previously unreleased Beatles songs. How do you do what you do to me? I wish I knew. If I knew how you do it to me, I'd do it to you. How do you do what you do to me? I'm feeling blue. Wish I knew how you do it to me, but I have no clue. You give me a feeling in my heart, ooh la la, like an arrow passing through it. Suppose that you think you're very small. Won't you tell me how do you do it? How do you do what 
days later on July 16th in the early morning hours outside London's underground Leicester Square station, Paul, sporting a three-day growth of a beard and dressed in dirty pair of jeans and a t-shirt, is filmed busking with an acoustic guitar for a scene intended for the movie Give My Regards to Broad Street. Paul McCartney. And I took my old original guitar, my first guitar I ever owned. And they just dropped me. We just drove up in a car. They dropped me off at Leicester Square tube station. 
they just left me to it for about an hour. In the first five minutes, I kept my head down. You know, it was a little bit. I thought, oh, this is dumb. After a couple of minutes, I said, this is great. You know, I'm really enjoying this. Monday, July 18th, Abbey Road Studios presents The Beatles. Come and experience the magic of Number 2 Studio, where The Beatles recorded from 1962 to 1969. This is a unique opportunity for a limited period to see an exciting and unusual video with original sound recordings of The Beatles at Abbey Road. Recording equipment will also be on display. Records, books, and souvenirs on sale, and refreshments provided. I don't know why Nobody told you How to unfold your love Abbey Road was made famous by the Beatles, who named their last recorded album after it. So too was the nearby Zebra Crossing, which also appeared on the LP cover, and which hundreds of Beatles disciples trod today as they made their way towards the EMI studio. They came from all over the world, some still wearing Beatles haircuts and Beatles suits, all wanting to soak up the atmosphere from the 60s when the Fab Four played here. Today, Studio 2 has hardly changed, and those who made it inside had the chance to see and play some of the instruments used by the world's best-known pop group, like the piano, which was stacked with throat lozenges as the Beatles went through marathon recording sessions. It sends a shiver through your spine, doesn't it? Absolutely, like I'm on a high, you know. Nostalgia 2 for studio manager Ken Townsend, who remembers the unknown Beatles. My very first impression was on the 6th of June 62 when they came in for their very first recording. Uh, all the people there that night, which was George Martin, Norman Smith and myself, were very much impressed them as people. But it wasn't a particularly good session recording-wise. Um, in fact, nothing was used from that session. But fame and fortune were just around the corner with records like this. Terry Lloyd, News at 10, Abbey Road. Continuing in a moment, McCartney releases a new album. Hello, this is Paul McCartney here, speaking with his voice. And uh, I seem to be sitting here about to tell you about the Pipes of Peace album. 
George's privacy is challenged in a Hawaiian court. George says the neighbors trample his flower beds, make noise, peer in his windows, and disrupt his much sought-after privacy. And his security under the circumstances is very, very important. Uh, his best friend, uh, John Lennon, was shot by a stranger. And the notion that people at any time of the day or night can come walking within 60 feet of his bedroom uh, is just unacceptable. And Ringo agrees to read stories about a train. Richard Holcroft, who is the producer of all this, came up saying, you know, I'd like you to read these stories about this train which I never had because I was a Beano man. Next on Yesterday and Today. Contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time.
I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. Wow. (laughs) And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen. Or you could head to society6.com slash Podcast. That's society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I family podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Bye.